I'll be too nervous to. I'll probably lost the words. Hello and welcome to this week's Lost for Words podcast. I'm joined as ever by Jason. Jason, hello. Good evening, Tom. How are you? I'm good, mate. I'm good. Very uh, tired. Uh, and, I, you know, it's one of those weeks, isn't it? It feels like a bit of a hangover week. Um, but we've just had a, I don't know, thrillings or whatever for the Masters, but it was a, there was certainly some drama over the weekend, wasn't there? Um, and obviously we'll have, a, we'll have a bit more of a deeper chat on how we feel about the, the winner. Well, let's let's go back into that then. So, for me, well, I make the same joke about Hideki Matsuyama every week. Like, someone said to me, you can't call him top 20 Hideki anymore. And I said, oh, he'll, he'll still finish seventh or something. He'll do something. <laughs> and uh, and he stayed there. But I think, apart, aside from Zalatoris, who we'll talk about a bit more later on, um, I don't think really there was much pressure put on him, was there, from the front nine perspective? Um, obviously, Ram was charging through the pack, but was they kept talking in commentary like he could post a number of win, which seemed a bit ridiculous. But if he'd got to eight under, it would have been interesting. Um, but for me, like like we said and we've discussed briefly off air, to see someone give up shots over the last few holes and win feels wrong, doesn't it? You want someone to really claim that victory as opposed to do it the way that Hideki... Not to take anything away from him, because over the course of the week, he's obviously won the event and, and probably still deserved it, but it's tough to see it like that and then and then raise your arms aloft and have all the pandemonium. Yeah, there'll be a lot of people kicking themselves. Um, thought he was brilliant throughout round three. He had a little bit of an advantage because obviously you had that weather delay. They came out and uh, you know had had softer greens, etc. So he was brilliant in round three and he was brilliant through the first whatever, 9, 10, 11 holes. He was saving shots where he needed to. He was he was knocking them close. He was absolutely brilliant. But, yeah. yep, um, I don't like to see winners of any tournament win losing three shots over the final few. I, I It just, for me, it just doesn't, it doesn't feel right. Um, you know, I, I understand, I mean, 18, you can understand bogey. If, you, if you're a couple clear or one clear, or two, if you're two clear, yeah. And you need to play safe down 18. You can get you get that. that that's quite understandable. But um, to drop shots, I mean, 15 was. I, I didn't see the what he. I didn't see the point of his second shot. I mean, he's three clear, four clear, whatever it is at the time. Um, and he's got a second into 15. We know that Ray's Creek's at the beginning. We know there's water at the back. I don't see the point of going for an eagle. It it's it, his caddy. I know his caddy was a mate rather than a caddy caddy. Um, Surely you just say, mate, take six iron out. We'll leave ourselves 100 yards to the pin. We'll play 20 feet right at the pin and we'll get par. I, I, I don't know why you would put yourself under pressure. You know you're, you know that the par fives are the scoring holes. Um, 16 didn't play that easy for the end, uh, for, the, for the people at the end, which I was very surprised about. Yeah. Um, but nevertheless, you've got 16. You've got a massive area in which to hit You know your tee shot and then... You know, you should pile that, and, and away you go. Um, so for me, it was a, a huge error at 15 that might have affected him coming home. Uh, but I don't like to see it. No, I, 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 you know, he's 13. If he finishes at 12, then fair enough. But yeah, I, I don't like doing That's that. It. And uh, it's good. But I think if he'd have lost, it would have really, really hit him. Yeah. Um, 
but maybe not as hard as uh, one of my mates, one of my favourites, um, Xander. Yeah. Who, um, yeah, we got we got to question him now, haven't we? The, the, the thing with that, and, and you talk about 15 and going for it, I suppose the only thing you would say is that Xander was at that point chasing, wasn't he? And had an opportunity to gain on him had he have taken advantage of that. They were together, yeah. Um, and then he plunks it straight in the water on 16 and and triple bogeys. And like you say, Hideki should have been able to really cruise from there, you'd have thought. Um, we know Zalatori is supposed to the score. Uh, nine under par, incredible performance on his debut. Um, for people that haven't listened to the podcast, go and listen to it because we recorded with it last year and he uh, he basically said that was his ambition was to win the Masters one day. I told him when I come off air, I said that I'm going to clip that out and use that in future years because he gave, he gave that kind of um, aura about him. That you, you, you know, it wasn't just saying it. You know, some people just say, oh, I want to win the Masters, I want to, want to be in the Ryder Cup. You know, I'd love to be world number one. You can just tell when someone really does have an ambition and someone thinks they can do it. And he kind of struck me as that. And now we're seeing it. Um, so, yeah, an incredible performance. And, you know, I think... I wonder what Hideki would have been like if there was a full gallery there and full media presence. Because that's what's really always hounded him. I've been to the Open a few times and the amount of Japanese media that are there following him around, it must be hard to, to kind of perform in front of because they're... They're fanatical out there, aren't they, about their sportsmen? Um, and I just wonder if that's held him back in past years and maybe why he got away with it. Not got away with it, but kind of got over the line this time around. Yeah, maybe. Maybe. We can't, you know, who knows? Second, second guessing, as, as we've always said, yeah, is they not like, the they idea, like is it? To, they like to put that up on, on um, the TV, but then you've got Butcher McGinley and Ewan, so <laughs> let's, not, let's not worry about what they've got to say much, really. Um, don't know. But he played well. I, I was very disappointed towards the end. And fair enough, he's the best player. Obviously, his score says he was the best player in 72 holes. But it was a disappointing finish, and uh, he won't mind. Um, he doesn't care how he wins, does he? He's, he's won't mind. Uh, Jordan will be Jordan. He's just fantastic to watch. He's just getting better and better to watch every year. Yeah. The amount of chippings that man has is it's tigerish. What was the it's hole just... as well where he, li- he literally they had no idea where he was playing? He just hit that shot over the trees. Didn't even know what yardage yet. He put it about four foot to the pin, didn't he? He is brilliant. Um, he's just brilliant. He is uh, box office, isn't he? Mm. And just the way he acts now, he's you know he's he's playing to it now. The cap comes off, doesn't it? Yeah. Um, rubs his head, you know, laughs. It, I, I think he's just it. Like, you know, I, I can watch golf anyway. Final day of golf. Yeah. Whatever happens. Tiger was a special act that you could watch. You didn't need to have money on. And I'm finding that with Jordan now. I just think he's just fantastic. Because with him, it doesn't matter where the ball ends up. He's he's just got the potential to find something. And you know that, that you know, the amount of times he gets up and down, he, I, just, the man's brilliant. I just think he's fantastic to watch. And um, I hope he wins another hat full of Masters. When he's Xander, sorry, come sorry. When he's this person you're betting directly against, it, it can be quite frustrating because you just can't believe it. I remember me and my dad was standing there at Burtdale when uh, when he was down by the tour trucks and took about 45 minutes to hit a shot and then put it to wherever mm. far away he did and and went on a tear from there. That's just the sort of thing he does, and it directly affected uh, bets on Matt Kuchar and things like that. But he's just so, <laughs> like. Everyone kind of has this, and I think I've been guilty of it in the past. You kind of think it's just luck, and it's not. It's just the ability to do that out of nowhere, isn't it? That is a 
a god-given ability is something that he's kind of channels every round every event you know you don't see it all the time because he's not always in contention but he is at the moment but you know at augusta it definitely shines through and, and it and it's because he's creative he doesn't people don't associate creativity in the same way like Bubba and phil mickelson and even tiger but he is he's, he's he's ridiculous some of the shots he makes and some of the decisions he makes and and the way he plays things when you don't think he can is is unbelievable and that's why he's got such a fantastic record there isn't it yeah, he's, yeah, I, yeah absolutely uh, I, wherever he turns up he seems yeah, I, yeah like i say he's brilliant i mean he went five under up to up till the last yesterday between yeah. um between holes eight and 17 which is the best of the field um and it's just like we said earlier it's it's now become more and more apparent that augusta form is augusta form it's irrelevant what happens I mean, okay, Zalatoris was in form, Spieth was in form. Um, but like we said at the preview with Ben, you know, Leishman, he, he, last year he only showed up in one place really, which was here. Yep. And this year, we said it before, we said if he starts showing form over the last few weeks that, that 100 to 1 was massive. Um, he didn't, but he, you know, he wasn't going anywhere yesterday. No. Started at six, ended at six. You know, Rose wasn't particularly in form. I know he, he, was, dis- he was disappointing, wasn't he, after the first round? But I think. He was sort of a victim of his own success. That opening round was so good. It looked like he was playing a different golf course. And we see it all the time. The person that shoots that kind of score struggles to back it up. And to his credit, he kind of stayed in and around for most of it until it was just too much of a gap to bridge. Um, but like like we said before, Rose and, and Watson were the two people we kind of mentioned when we talked about long shots that not really in a great form. They'll always be there because hmm. Rose plays Augusta fantastically well he'd take it he never plays a match play anyway he was whether he was really injured ahead of the players i don't know but he clearly makes his year about augusta he thinks he can win it um and he possibly should have done better in the end but yeah Corey connor's you know someone that you put up and was very you know very bullish about he's played really well there three times now hasn't he um i know the 46 doesn't look great but he played well for three rounds um yep. played well in, in the last renewal and and everyone kind of anticipated it being a bit different from november to, to april and it, there it was but there was the same names up there for the majority uh, yeah i mean they had rain didn't they uh beginning of the second round and, yeah. and the rain halfway through the third so but then maybe that's you know maybe that's the the nature of, of the invo- you know the climate that we've got to come um so i'm not again i'm not saying they wouldn't have been there but i just wonder if if it had been boiling hot and if the greens had got faster and faster and faster whether we would have seen the same leaderboard but ultimately we don't know so it doesn't matter I just go back to xander mm-hmm. um you know, the three hundred like you know, the three hundred and sixty four days I said he was gonna win this. Um and we actually didn't even mention him last week, believe it or not. No. Um the shot on sixteen, there is such a massive area to hit that ball. It's it's unfortunately blatantly um has to have a sort of time form squiggle at the moment, especially what after what happened in Phoenix as well. Um it's unfortunate because he's so it's good. Strange, isn't it? Because he because he had that kind of the run of wins so early on in his career where he looked like he was kind of um, you know a real winner and going to be up there with Thomas and Spieth and and you know the, the same sort of people in his class and and has regressed unfortunately and has become someone that you don't know if you can rely on. 
but he's always, he's always going to be there, isn't he? He's mm. always going to be in with a chance. I guarantee that out of the, the remaining three majors, he'll probably be a factor in one or two of them at no, some yeah. point in the final round. Um, it's just whether you can keep backing him to do it. I mean, his price is always going to be relatively short because he, he pays off the each way part. Um, yeah, it's tough. It's tough. Uh, Finau did the same that he does, didn't he? The... Uh, he looked great after his was it six under. I think it was the second round, seven under maybe, and uh, opened up bogey par on the third round. You just knew that was it. You just knew that was mm. that was his thing. And, and he missed a couple of putts that were a bit unfortunate. He didn't actually play that bad, but he just doesn't he doesn't get going when I don't know. It, it, it's it's tough, isn't it? They're they're not they're not the same player because Xander's had those wins, but it's they seem like they got the same amount of talent and the same amount of experience I suppose in majors in terms of contending and one of them is going to get over the line at some point probably Xander um, who knows it was a brilliant it was a brilliant brilliant tournament it was absolutely you know it was it was bang on you know we we didn't do too bad no. uh, in the bets um, it, it was just I felt a slightly disappointing finish but uh, that's, that's just me but, but that's just that comes down to personal preference, doesn't it? I mean, some people would have absolutely loved it, and at the end of the day, like they've liked to, have, you know, regurgitated all day. Is it's a it's a global victory. It's first Asian Masters winner, first Japanese made uh, Masters winner. You know, it is massive on the global scale of things. The, the Olympics in Tokyo later in the year. You know, it's a oh, yeah. huge thing. Um, and and for, you know, he's won WGCs in the past. He's he's basically done what was expected of him now. So. And it's a Japanese double because it was um, Japanese winner of the uh, ladies junior or the amateur junior yes. thing, wasn't there? Yeah, that, they, yeah. that they that yeah, everyone was I'll kicking off about yeah. last week. Um, so yeah, absolutely brilliant. I mean, look, he's always had the talent, isn't he? He's always had the tee to green game. You know, he's an awesome player. Um, it was it, it was just literally if it you know like I say, if it had parred 15, 16, 17, and bogeyed eighteen. Wouldn't have a complaint. It feels slightly differently, yeah. Yeah, I just feel it was a bit. It was a bit, and and like you say, I think if Schuffler pars sixteen, it would have been very, very interesting coming down the last two. Yeah, but and that's the thing, the isn't it? You yeah, and 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 I think that probably plays into it. I think that probably makes it easier to go and make a couple of bogeys because you're just like, oh, yeah. if I make a mistake here, I can afford to, which is not the right attitude, but it. It enables it by his playing partner. Yeah, maybe. Bottling maybe. it, doesn't it? Um, maybe. Who knows? Anyway, let's go on to this week, shall we? Let's go on, go on to the Austrian Golf Open. Um, Thomas Dietrich is the ten to one favourite, nine to one, eight to one. Um, well, we'll just skip past that, shall we? Sam Horsfield sixteen to one. Justin Hardin, Matthias Schwab eighteen to one. Uh, Kurt oh, Kitayama. <laughs> Kurt Kitayama and Kaima twenty to one. And Joost Lauten twenty-two to one. Um, we, I've put up Kurt Kitayama a couple of times recently. I'm not surprised. He's a price. He is the way he's playing. Joost mm-hmm. uh, Lauten was the one for me out of the group that, you know, his form here is is pretty good. Um, you know, he's he's a winner. Um, he's got two third place finishes, another two top sevens. It's it's incredibly difficult to argue with. I know. You're going to come onto your correlative form in a minute, and he and he kind of strikes everywhere that you'd want him to as well. There, so um, 
he was seventh last time out, ninth in strokes gain approach. So I can I can absolutely see why he would be twenty two to one, um, especially with the question marks above him. So he would be the closest of anyone in the top group. But I actually sort of I haven't decided if I'll completely rule him out. I might just go win only on Betfair at some point if he goes to a decent price. I don't suppose he will. Um, but yeah, I think I'm I'm pretty comfortable starting my card down at fifties and fifty fives. But he would be the one for me out of that group. I don't know how you feel about that. That group. Of Very interesting because he went off single figures, I believe, last year, didn't he? Um, I actually listened to our preview last year, and him and uh, was it Dietrich? Yeah, must have been. Or Peters, They're the same player anyway, aren't they? <laughs> um, you know, he went off. He went, and, and having disappointed, you know, punters for a very long time. Um, sort of that was the that was yet another disappointment after an opening 65. Look, I'm surprised he's put in as big as he is this week. Um, but I'm so, I can't believe Schwab 16 to one. I'm just well, stunned. He's, he's still he's a, we're backing him on his potential that has not been realised, aren't we? That's the that's the uh, crux of it. Until he does it, for me, I'll just stay away from him. It's the same as Dietrich, really. I know, I know he's been there and he's had his chances. And, price, isn't it? But it's Terrible. ridiculous. Like, and I don't, I don't know what price you can make him, but you can't. <laughs> they're basically just saying they don't want to take any bets on him, aren't they? Um, yeah, I mean, the thing, I mean, Aust- we, as we'll discuss as you're going into it, Austrian form repeats and repeats and repeats and repeats. You know, we've we've said it before about looking at the less obvious players so Connor Simon he goes 4-2 Greg Howie has got form in Austria third and second Mikko Kohonen um, amazing form um, in Austria it just keeps coming back I'm sure we'll discuss our you know our recent interviewer E David Halsey um, yep. Ashen Wu you know you look at somebody like Rafa Cabrera Bayo he isn't playing but who's won on three different courses I think in Austria so he goes along the lines of, I think, missed cut one, missed cut, missed cut one, missed cut two um, <laughs> on on different courses. So Beesberger, top top 10s, top 15s everywhere in Austria. And you rightly say um, uh, Joust Lauten, which is the correct pronunciation. Um, <laughs> it's the only one I can pronounce just because he told us how one day on European tour. Um, so, yeah, it repeats and repeats and repeats and repeats. So the fact that Dietrich's got that eighth, um, you know, tells everything. But I, I agree. I, you know, this is a 12 to 1, 14 to 1 the field event. Uh, Mark Warren won this last year at three figures. Um, Mikko Cornerhans won. Um, he won the shot clock, which is basically the same thing, but they can't waste as much time as Hideki did on most of his <laughs> putts yesterday. Um, so, you know, it's, it's a decent event. Um, but those sort of ranked in the middle of the, of the sort of European tour rankings have have every chance of doing something um we also as we've discussed earlier there's huge connections with um the klm and with the china open china's interesting because i think it came up a few times last year when we discussed it doesn't really matter whereabouts in china um you just see it um yeah. you know Corhonan's one obviously um at both um uh, alex bjork has got form at austria and has won china alex levy's got form um, tenth here, um, and he's won China twice. Um, Ashen Wu, which is like the one, he's won China and the KLM. Um, you know, it, it goes on and on and on and on and on. Um, so those those were the sort of correlating factors. 
um, if you could actually find one. And there seems to be Dubai form hidden amongst those players as well. So, yeah, you know, I mean, I can see Dietrich. I understand why. But yeah, like I say it's a 14 to one the field. Luton or Loughton. Um, I don't trust him, to be honest, on the greens. So I won't back him either. So I, I'm not starting my card anywhere up there, to be honest. You talk about Ashan Wu. He's won the KLM, which is an event that you obviously linked to this. China that you've just spoken about, and this event. I mean, there's not there's not a better profile of player, is there, to to really highlight what we're talking about? Um, the kind of notes that I've made about it is, you know, the same as you. Mark Warren um, has won uh, in Denmark and here. Um, Horsey has won Denmark second here, won KLM. Wiesberger has won this and finished second and won made in Denmark. Um, Atwagi, second and tenth in Denmark, second here, second in China. Um, Chris Wood was second to Ashen Wood at the KLM, won this and was fourth in China. Um, there you go. I think that I think those, you know, China, KLM, Denmark, I think they're all kind of much of a muchness. We, we talked about David Horsey and, and the interview that we did with him recently. He kind of sticks out at these sort of events. Um, and that's the type of profile of play you're looking at, you know. It's yeah. someone that's going to strike their eye as well. Um, there's, a, there's a giveaway par five, isn't there? The first hole is a giveaway par five. Yeah. Um, that's where you make your score um, on the par fives. And uh, there's a couple of longer ones, I think. I think the back nine is completely different to the front nine. Um, but it's where you make your score. And, uh, you know, you're going to have to make eight or nine under on those par fives. Um to, to be in a challenging position at the end. Um, so yeah, yeah, yeah. You're, you're, you know, crack on. You're we're, right. We're there. We're, you know, we we've obviously made our criteria for it. Whether it pans out the way it does, then you know, if history repeats itself as it as it should, then uh, we've kind of got a formula for it, and that's where we're going, isn't it? So, um, I think there's a couple for you in the, the 33 to 1, 40 to 1 bracket that you kind of interested in mentioning without possibly going there as selections. Uh, yeah, I mean, Adria now is, is, I think, obviously, he's got the same potential as um, somebody like Rosner. Um, you know, to my chagrin, um, I put these players in, which is in groups, don't I? Which yeah. is going to be noticeable at Heritage as well, I'd imagine, <laughs> in the next couple of weeks. And yeah, you know, Rosner announced it was a it was a matter of which one sort of did it first. And obviously, we now know Rosner is the real deal. He's absolutely outstanding. Um, but you know, and I think our notice is that he's a very similar play. We drew at Qatar with COVID nineteen, um, so I'm not entirely sure um, what to make of it. I know there's been enough time for him to uh, get over it, um, but he was worth mentioning at 33 just because he, he's quite a sexy player with with sort of punters and, and odds makers. And I'm a bit surprised that they put him in at that price. Um, it was an average event he played here last year, but uh, the week after he improved on that and got 11th at the uh, Euron Bank Open. I, d- I just felt 33 to one was probably too big. Although whether, you know, whether he's a bet or not is, is, is up to you. I mean, he's, at the moment he's very similar to the man who sits next to him, Sean Croker, mm. um, or Croker, sorry. Um, they're very, very slim. They've got fantastic iron play games. They just can't do it on the greens. Um, I, I do think at some point, um, our is going to is going to start flying. He's going he's to get over the line at one point, and then I think he's going to, uh, like I say, he's going to be up there with Rosner. Uh, so he was well worth a mention. Um, and then 
just behind them, Gary Kiko, yeah. who has untapped potential. Not entirely sure. I mean, he's got that six at the again at the Euroam. Whether that is any relevance, I don't know. But as we've seen and as we've discussed, you know, Austrian form, China form, it just doesn't seem to matter. It's just sort of the area, if you like, isn't it? Yeah. It's the conditions. Uh, South African, obviously, Fratelli won this a few years ago. Um, I think Dejega's done well over here. So South Africans do play well over here. Um, we, of course, backed him in the second Kenya event after promising 16th for the first one. And he goes and misses the cut, um, which is, you know, that's the way it is. So it's his first effort around here. I like Dubai as a link. Um, and he's got that top 15 at the World Tour Championship, which, you know, for, for a man like him in his sort of first year and a half of, of proper professional golf, is uh, outstanding. So I thought he was well worth a mention at 40s, just because I think he's got untapped. Um, but whether they become a bet or not, no, I'm not really sure. It's it's type of field and an event that you feel like they they can break throughout, isn't it? I think it's mm. perfect timing for them. That there's not that one big gun that it, you know is going to take up one of the top three or four places if not win. Um, that anyone can can do anything at that top six or seven players. So I don't think there's anyone that's going to be you know fearing if you like. Um, yeah, I just think for me I was quite happy to go down to Ashen Wu and, and the one that really stood out to me was Alexander Bjork mm-hmm. um, who I think you know you agree with as well is that oh, I think I can't remember when it was that I spoke about him and basically he's been hitting his irons incredibly well and his putting has been letting him down which is not something that he's accustomed to really Ninth, 18th and 8th his last three starts in strokes going approach he won the China Open um, you know you talk about uh, Qatar he was tied 19th there uh, last time out um, there's just everything there for me that kind of says that he can do it. He's he's playing because he he's a winner, isn't he? You know, he's done he's done it in certain places. Um, he's got more experience than some in that department. Um, winning the China Open, a, a decent event. He's been third in France, second at the British Masters. You know, he's had he's had pedigree going along, and and for me, there's enough in his most recent start to suggest that he's. The only slight downside to him is that he hasn't played since Qatar, which is, which may be a bit of a negative, but it could also be fresh. He could just be picking his spot. Um, and if he hits his irons the way he was at the start of the year, then uh, then I think he's gonna be a great bet. Yeah, I agree. I, I think I think he's, I think he has to be backed in some way. I wanted a bit more than fifty-five, but I suppose mm. it's been a bit greedy. Yeah, greedy. Got the China. He's got plenty of Dubai, which I really like. Fifteenth here tour tips that we do use doesn't seem to have the fifth at Carlton in 2015 um, on the challenge tour yeah um, so yeah and and you know I like those events and I like the fact that there's something in the most recent you know like we always say um, and, and many of the players we've interviewed have said sometimes you just find something um, you don't know where it's from um, but it's something you can work on um, he finished with a 65 that day after a 78 third round yeah uh, tied 19th. Interestingly, Higo was next to him, who hit 77 on that third day as well. So both of them plummeted down the board um, on a difficult day. It wasn't that difficult though, um, and both finished, you know, still inside the top 20 or so. It's it's, you know, behind the mighty Anton Rosner, funny enough. <laughs> um, so yeah, I, I agree. I, I'm not 55 was on the limit. I wouldn't really take much shorter than that. I don't think. Um, but yeah, definite claims. 
Well, when you can get Ashton Wu at 50, who we've spoken about a couple of times now, okay. and we might as well get into him. You know, he's won three events. He's won China, he's won KLM, he's won here. And mm-hmm. that is just massively standout, isn't it? You said you like Dubai, he was tied sixth there last year. Yep. Seventh at the China Open on top of that win. Um, European Masters, he's played well. You know, he just, he just generally repeats his form. Um Last two starts, 33rd in Saudi, 9th in Dubai. Um, going back before sort of Christmas time, the showdown, he was he got to the final part of it. He was 16th in the Scottish Championship. He's had he's had some decent events, and I put him up at a massive price. I think it was in in uh, in Saudi, and he and he played well for a, a good majority of that. And you know he's been there and done it, hasn't he? He's been there and done it at this golf course. He's been there and done it at two other correlative events, and he's. And he's yeah, fifty to one. He's the same yeah, price as a lot of players that, w- without being too harsh, have, have not got any of the similar sort of claims. I mean, Matthew Jordan's a, a very promising player, same price as someone that's won three times on tour. Will Besseling, we've we've liked an awful lot in the past, doesn't have the same claims. Jeff Windsor, I watched absolutely capitulate when I backed him, doesn't have the same claims. They're all the same price, and Ashton Wu's just sitting there, a course winner and a, a correlative winner. I, yeah, there's just plenty for me to like yeah. about that. So, yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. Woo. Yeah, he's also he was also six going into the weekend 2017 with Caleb, even though he doesn't, he you know he didn't do a lot after that. So, like you say, it is if and it ha- I mean these you know the correlations have to make some sense. They mm. they, they happen too often for them not to. Um, and I yeah, I just think, but that's my problem with the Bjork bet as well. I do like him, but Ashen Wu is fifties. Yeah, and. You know, Scott Jameson never wins. I know he gets placed, fair enough, so you've got the each-way angle. Um, you know, Sean Crocker's 28. I mean, uh, somebody must have put him up. <laughs> I mean, he's brilliant, Tita Green, but yep. he hasn't won it. He hasn't won. Um, it's, a, it's a struggle, isn't it? You know, um, like we say, Schwab, 16. It's, it's absolutely shocking. Um, so Ashen Wu, with all those credentials, is three times the price of Matteo Schwab. There we are. That says well, it all, doesn't it? We can we can pick him, can't we? So we will be we, picking him. We will do that. Um, yeah, on, David Horsey, we, we sort of alluded to earlier in the in the podcast. We spoke to him, didn't we? we had a really good podcast with him, and he kind of was raring to go after playing well in Saudi and, and finding something there. Um, and we sort of said, you know, how tough has it been to put the clubs down? He said he was quite happy to have a break, and and it kind of suited him that he was going to get a start coming up, and uh, and he picks his spots and. You know what better than than this one? You know he's played brilliantly at KLM a couple of times. Um, second, seventh, and ninth here. Um, first and second in Denmark, which I like. He's played well in China in the past. He was second in stroke gain approach when he was 12th in Saudi. Um, unlike a lot of the people we just rattled through, he's he's a four-time winner on the European Tour at events that kind of suit this style of play. Um, He's got to be one, you know, he just wins more often than his price suggests in a field of this class. Yeah, it's, it's crackers form here. Um, uh, there's a number, I mean, a couple of things, yeah, I mean, number one, we know that. Uh, 61, obviously, in the opening round at Saudi, which he said, you know, he was he was quite amazed by and, and yeah, maybe he was shocked by. Yeah. Um, not particularly the course that suits him either. So, in the end, okay, he's... he's He's finished 12th, but I mean, yeah. you know, he's not collapsed or anything. Um, you know, he's taken a couple. Of, he's sort of taken a day to get over that. 
Um, the other thing I like about him, like you say, he repeats his form. So Denmark, Russia, Italy. Every, every time he goes to uh, Russia, he's got an amazing form. Um, every time he goes to a place and plays well, he seems to come back and come back and keep, keep doing it. Plus the fact, yes, he did say he was, he was quite happy with the break. But equally, when he did have the break during lockdown, he came back better than ever. Yeah. Um, and it may well be that, you know, this this next break is is going to suit him down to the ground. Like you say, he, he absolutely loves it here. Um, what's not to like, to be honest? I, I really don't see that. No, and you know, I, I guess sometimes people listening may think that we're kind of I don't know, a bit biased to the people that have been on the show recently, a bit of a recency bias. But that, you know, if we'd never spoken to David Hawes in our lives, it's all in front of you, isn't it? He's got three top tens here. He's got. For, no, former, you know, the most obvious connections, um, and he's just a winner. You know, it, it might there may have been years between the wins and and things like that, but he he just knows how to get the job done. And in a field of this quality, you, that's what you're looking for. You're looking for people that know how to go the line, and uh, and he's one of them. So yeah, David Hawes, the Ashton Wu, and Alexander Bjork are all similar price, and I yeah. like all of them. So one one around that price as well, Tom. Or the yeah. two, Nicholas Lemke. I thought might be worth mentioning. I know he let you down last time. Yeah. Um, but you know he, he's absolutely flying at the moment. He is. Um, seems a type that might need to be put on the line in, you know, on the 18th. Yeah. Um, to be honest, but he, you know he's absolutely flying, and, and exactly the same price. And one I am going to put up is Jacques Krusik, yeah, who has been absolutely flying in Kenya. Um, I was very very impressed with him for over the weekend in Kenya. Um, so somebody's play was just. You know, absolutely amazing. He's got he's really long off the tee, which will help because he can exploit the par fives. You have to make a score. Did we say that at the beginning? I'm not sure. <laughs> Did we do it off air? So you, you have, have to make that, yeah. you have to make scores on the par fives here. There's eagle opportunity on the first, and you've got a couple of longer ones as you come home. Um, you're going to have to hit eight or nine under on those. Um, sort of during the week to to be able to challenge. I was really impressed with everything he did in Kenya. I know that. You know, there's South African bias over there. That's that's now firmly established. But you go back here, as you say, you've got Dylan Fratelli beat JB Kruger back in 17. Um, Justin Walters in 18 was there. And uh, somebody we might talk later, Darius Van Driel, was top five last year to uh, Mark Warren. Yeah. So South Africans played perfectly well over here for whatever reason that might be. Um, yeah, I... I, I again, you, you know, you know that these players were a massive price before Kenya. But what do you do? You know, they're playing well. Um, you know, they're driving well, they're hitting their irons well, and they're patting well. So what do you want? You know, this is an event, like you say, that can be won by um, a number of people. And Mark Warren won last year from out of the blue, didn't he? So, um, yeah, you know, Jacques Cruzsex, he's playing well. It may well be that he doesn't like the break and that, um, you know, perhaps he would have liked to have carried on, but kind of everything in life, can you? So... Um, I'm happy again to, to as we're leaving out the top lot. I'm yeah. going to put uh, Jack in. The thing I like about that is that you know we've, we've gone. It's very clear the structure we've gone for in terms of the types of players, the course form, the the correlative course, you know, correlative courses. And he's you know he's not. He's he's a player that's just in form, isn't he? He's play, you've, he's, he's passed yeah, the eye test in Kenya. He's two top fives, tied sixth and tied eleventh before that. He's just been on an incredible tear, isn't he? So there's no reason to think that he's going to. He's not going to take to it, and so we see it all the time that people telegraph victories, and, and maybe he's heading towards that way. And you know, 
that you, you have to go. You, you've seen it. You've been impressed by him. He has won on the on the uh, on the Sunshine Tour as well. It's not like he's he's never won before. Um, so yeah, I mean, I like it. I can absolutely see it completely. There was a few in this sort of area going on a bit further that kind of got my attention. Nino Batasio kind of stuck out a little mm-hmm. bit just on the course yeah. form, but I felt he was kind of short enough, which seems weird with the people that I've picked, but Maverick Ancliffe, 100 to 1, yeah. is a player that obviously is hitting the ball incredibly well, is in decent form, but it was more down the sort of 125s, 150s, and, and almost 200s that I kind of got interested. One player that I, I hadn't actually mentioned previously, but you, you kind of brought back up the, the Euram Bank as well, was Marcel Schneider. Um, played well here last year. And play well at the Euro Bank as well, and we talk about whether they just like the part of the world. There's, there's every reason to suspect that, you know, a German would play well in Austria, you know, a European event. Um, and you know, he played okay the first week in Kenya. He was tied 28th. He was fifth and 21st his last two starts on the Challenge Tour, second in the Italian Challenge. Um, you know, there, there's certain things to like about him, and I, I don't really know an awful a lot about him that's the that's the only one downside is that I, I'm not going to sit here and say I know everything I need to know about Marshall Schneider to be confident in about 125 to 1 but he's played well in the, in the areas you expect him to including second year last year but, so yeah. Yeah. big enough prize I thought yeah the form the form as you said you know that players turn up here every single year I mean okay you know you might have a few extra in here that wouldn't normally play just because of the way you know the way the world is at the moment um yeah, I agree. Yeah, for form repeats, why not? Yeah, absolutely. And then the one person I was really kind of key on was Ashley Chester's. Um, this is a guy that kind of burst onto the scene, didn't he, at the Open? Was it was it St Andrews? I think it was that he did it. Um, I just remember being there and seeing him on the leaderboard and not knowing who he was. A bit like a Chris Wood and Justin Rose and people like that at the time. They all kind of broke through. Tom Lewis, didn't they? They've all had a good Open Championship early on. And that still remains, that tied 12 finish at St Andrews still remains his best ever performance in the, in the World Golf Rankings, which doesn't bode a lot of confidence. But he was seventh at this golf course at the Shot Clock Masters in 2018. Um, and he was 28th to the time before that, ninth in Denmark, 15th at the KLM. His last three starts, he's been 14th, 10th and 7th in strokes gain approach. So he's absolutely striking it brilliantly he was 14th in kenya the last time out 52nd the week before that and 42nd in qatar so the stroke gain approach numbers didn't necessarily convert to form but we know there's short game there's off the tee there's everything is a factor if he can piece that together on a golf course that he's played well at twice and he's played well in in what i consider a correlative point in in denmark then uh, i think there's everything about him that well he was 150, 160s one, I think sort of 150s one, seven places about as best you can get now. Yeah. So I know, I think you can make cases. But for so many, I think the top are just simply too short. And um, yeah, I, I, I can't argue with you at all, unfortunately. <laughs> the, the the other one who was a lot bigger and, and seems to have been backed in as well is Gonzalo Fernandez Castaño. Um, played pretty disappointingly the first week in Kenya when I uh, when I put oh, him yeah. up and then yeah, played, yeah. played brilliantly when I gave up on him um, at the same price a week later um, 
but he's been first and second in those two times that he's made the cut either side of his missed cut the week I backed him. And he only missed the cut on the number anyway. So he's he's just striking the ball incredibly well. Um, plays the KLM exceptionally well. He's, uh, he's won there. He's had more decent finishes. Two seconds in China. 18th in Denmark in 2019 when he you know hasn't been at his best. Um, he just fits the profile of a player that, that would play well here. And I think he's... Well, his best days are definitely behind him because he's a seven-time European Tour winner. So he's not going to be doing that again anytime soon. But if he can get a victory, we, we saw Mark Warren come back and do it last year. Um, if he's going to do it, I think he needs to take advantage of the fact he's hitting the iron so well at the moment. The the 125 to 1 is the very minimum, I suppose, that I'd want to go to. But seven places, I still think it's decent value in the, in a field like this. He won't be for me, but he did catch my eye last time, and I thought to myself, he's going to go mad, Tom, yeah. uh, if he does anything. Yeah, I, I, I can't see it, to be honest. You know, but you know, Alethabel played well over the weekend, didn't he? So yeah, um, if he can make the cut, or if, yeah, if he yeah. Can, if he can play like he did and and take a five shot lead over Brendan Todd, not that you were stressed out about that. At not all, that I was stressed out about that at all. Um, then, then you know, why can't Gonzo do it? Yeah, absolutely. Why not? Why, well, I mean, you know, I don't like, I don't fancy him, but you know, like we say, Warren did it. Um, although, actually, interestingly enough, that was the catalyst for the fantastic season for Mark Warren, wasn't it? Hmm. Um, so who knows? Any of these could could really kick on. Um, yeah, it's it's as open as you can. It's not one that I would have, but you know, you probably wouldn't have the two outsiders that I've got. So there we are. Well, uh, Andre Leisure will probably do something now in typical fashion uh, after a couple will. of weeks. So will, of, uh... so will Van Meow. <laughs> Is that, when was the last time you got told off for your cat pronunciation of that? <laughs> uh, here we are. He's there. Let's give us your outsiders, mate, because I've uh, taken uh, off of air time now. And yeah, yeah, read. yeah. Right. So we'll run for it. Um, uh, first rag. Well, it's not rag. He's 110 to 1. He's uh, Adrian Moronk. Um, I like Moronk. He's, he's impossible to read. Um, he's a massive hitter, which might help here. He might yeah. end up sort of in the trees, to be honest, as well, down the second <laughs> line. But, you know, we'll give it a go. A um, couple of things. Interestingly enough, you mentioned Marcel Schneider. Yeah. Schneider was ninth in the... And there's not nothing to do with this. We haven't mentioned Portugal at all, but just out of interest. Schneider was ninth in Portugal in 2019. Um, uh, Moronk won the event yeah. uh, by two shots from Garcia Rodriguez, who was top five here last year, I believe. Yeah. Yep, in tied third. Now, this is a good one. you like this. Right, in tied third <laughs> was Francesco Laporta. Yeah. Right, now Laporta won Hainan in 2000-something or other. Yep. Um, Moronk was fifth. Besseling was third. Besseling was third here last year. And Laporta obviously was second in the golf in Dubai behind Rosner. Um, and I think there's a Dubai link as well. In fact, so much a Dubai link. If Rosner was playing here, I'd be taking 12s. Um <laughs> Right, he was tied seventh in Foshan in 2018. Perez won that. McIntyre, this year's Open winner, was second. Sean Crocker was third. Van Driel was fifth, who's got great Austrian form. We'll come on to that in a minute. Uh, and the Porter was tenth. His recent, or sort of his best OWGR effort is obviously his most recent decent one, which was tied second behind Bez. He led to halfway, I think, um, over there at the Dunhill. Um Bez, of course, we know is, is better grade than this. He's got second at the Dubai Desert Classic, and he's got a number of DP events. Um, again, over there, Crocker was second, McIntyre was sixth, and Levy was sixth. Levy's got a huge form here. So, 
for some reason. And China. Yeah, sorry. Yes, and China. Yes, of course. Yes, here and, and China, where he's won twice. Um, in fact, I looked for Alex Levy, but anyway, still looking. Um, <laughs> it's a bit like when we keep saying we can make the schedules. I thought Callum Hill would be really good around here, and yeah, he decided not to bother. You do wonder, don't you? Um, so, yeah, so I thought Moronk, at his very best and on the pick of his form, yep. um, did have claims of, of going particularly well here. Um, like I say, I like, I like the fact that he's a long player because I think it can be an advantage on some of these holes. I'm not sure he has the golfing brain to, um, you know, Navigate. particularly go on and win it. But, you know, maybe he has, maybe he hasn't. We don't know, do we? Um, yeah, uh, I mean, the Celtic Classic was interesting. Because I remember him firing, firing away. Because we had uh, Konosami, I believe, at the Celtic Classic, just sitting on the uh, verges of getting a top five. Mm. Um, we were a bit because he went in leading, didn't he? Konosami. He did. Yeah. Um, and he played absolute crap in the final round. And I was watching Moronk, and Moronk was about to nab a place, and we were going to get one twentieth or something a place. And uh, he went for the final green, and he was just, just short, and dropped it in the water. But I liked his attitude. I liked the way he played. I liked his attitude. I sort of had a sort of little watch of him ever since. And like I say, you know, he's been he's sporadic and he's impossible to read, but he's still, you know, Poland's number one golfer. So, you know, I'm going to put him in at 110. The yeah. other one, sorry, Tom. Go on, mate. Shall I carry on? Yeah. Yeah, carry on, mate. Is is the aforementioned Darius Van Drill, whose Austrian form is incredible. Won the Euro in 2018. Well, I do think you called South African earlier, by the way. Oh, he's Dutch, isn't he? He is Dutch. <laughs> yeah, he is Dutch. Well, Juice, Juice Loughton. Same plays thing. Well. Yeah, Juice Loughton plays. Yeah, sorry, I did, didn't I? Yeah. Um, you know what? I'm th- I, I mixed I mixed him up with Van Tonder, haven't I? There you go. Yeah. Um, well, obviously, the Dutch play well here anyway, don't they? <laughs> That's it. Uh, they do, don't they? They do. The Dutch, which is obvious. I mean, you know, for the location of the country, it's obvious that the continental Euros are going to play well. So he won Euro in 2018, followed up with a 17th in the same event 2019, and played fantastic last year. Um, tied fourth here last year. Um, he's got that tied. He actually beat Moronk in Foshan by two places, which again has that Perez, McIntyre, Crocker, blah, 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 blah. Um, top, top 10 in Kenya. Just suits me down to the ground. I like a bit of recent. And he's another one that seems to repeat wherever he goes. So even if you go back on any level, he won the Rolex in 2019 on the Challenge Tour. He's got a tied six there as well. Kenya, not necessarily the same course, doesn't matter. Tied eighth in 2016, follows it up with a recent top 10. Um, and then if you go back, I love these things, right? <laughs> if we go back when he was tied second at the finish in 2016, if anyone can remember that, um, Alexander Bjork was seventh, Fratelli was 11th, and Lemke was 11th. So again, he's a bit like Moronk. On the pick of his form, um, I can see him contending. And the fact that he clearly loves to play Austria. Um, so he likes the mountains or whatever. He likes to see air, whatever it is. Um, yeah, I, I actually think he should be shorter than Moronk. Um, but he's not. So, you know, I'll take the 125. Absolutely. And that's me. That's, to be honest, that's me done apart from a mention of one other player. There's there's a, a kind of a couple of names. Uh, Harry Ellis is 501 in a place, but 300 and 350 is one that some... I think he's a player that... We'll see a lot more of in the future. He's been playing well out in America. Um, comes back for this. Um, don't know if it particularly suit him, but we'll, we'll find out, I suppose, in the next couple of days. Um, Reece Enoch, I think, was is that someone that you were going to mention? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's um, 
he said he, he's looking forward to playing here, didn't he, on a recent podcast interview. Yep. Um, yeah, and, and he, he played a bit better in the second Kenya event. Obviously, we put him up for a top 20 and he just landed it um, after disappointing the week before. But, you know, he's a massive price, so no one's expecting anything. But, he you know, like I say, he plays well in South Africa. Um, I've got him right there. I know he's Welsh, but, you know, he's living yep. in South Africa, isn't he, with he his is wife? He's living in South Africa, yeah. Yep. Um, and he, he's got victories in South Africa. So I thought 250 to one was worth a shekel each way or top 20 or something like that. Um, yeah, he, he would be the only other player. I mean, there's players there like that real talent. You know, Clement Sorday is, you know, hugely talented. He's down there at an absolutely stupid price. Don't know what's happened to Lucas Biergaard. Um, he showed you know. a, bit of, a bit of life, didn't he, uh, last time out and, and kind of, Flat to deceive in the end, but he's absolutely just gone since he's gone on the on the sort of PGA tour. Yeah, he's absolutely gone at the game. He's a fantastic player. Happens um, so often, doesn't it? It's 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 a shame because you know he, he you know he is he's he's great. Um, Nikolai von what's his face? If anybody is a car of the unstoppable sex machine fan, um, <laughs> Nikolai von Delitzschorschenstein. Um, I reckon that's spot <laughs> He led uh, here after three rounds last year. And he actually was really well thought of when he was younger. So I don't know if I've mentioned that. I used to... Anyway. Um, Is that so a challenge tour? Yeah. He was, he, when he was younger, he was regarded as, uh, you know, uh, outstanding prospect. Um, maybe he'll get revitalised by, by memories of that last year. Um, who knows? Um, but yeah, you know, they're the, they're the sort of players. They're down there. You're not expecting anything. Look at Dodo. 300 to one. Incredible, isn't it? Yeah. I Sam think he's... Probably done his winning, but then I've put up Castagno about third of the price, so there we are. Yeah, no. So, yeah, I mean, Xander Lombard, weren't everybody? You no, know, we were on him for a little bit, weren't we? Yeah, he's now 500. <laughs> he yeah, must just, have lost an arm or something. It's, it's just, you know, it's. I mean, it's not impossible, is it? Not Hayden in this Pontius type of has field. gone at the game, but he's 500. You know, it's. it's Paul Dunn? Yeah, I'm done. It's, it's, it's just a shame. But anyway, move on. Ewan Ferguson was the name that keeps popping up as well. He's uh, he's down there. So now we're just saying names for the sake of saying names. But let's go over to the RBC Heritage where I wonder if there's going to be some withdrawals in the next uh, couple of days because we can't believe that Will Zalatoris, after the week he had his playing, but he is chasing a card, so that might be why he's doing it because despite the fact that he's finished sixth and second in the two majors he's still uh, on a special temporary membership and can't actually get FedEx Cup points <laughs> which is fantastic um, which I'm sure he's gutted about um, Webb Simpson is 12 to 1 Dustin Johnson 10 and 12 to 1 uh, Patrick Cantlay 16 to 1 had a bad week last week uh, Colin Marikawa 20 to 1 which I was quite surprised about Daniel Berger 22 and then Tyrrell Hatton and Cameron Smith at 25 uh, any appeals around there? It's very, very difficult to knock Webb Simpson off of this. Yeah. I mean, it's 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 all in front of you. He's, you know, we said it last year when we came into these events. You know, this and Colonial and and all that sort of same thing. You know, then you go into the Wyndham and stuff like that. These are Webb Simpson courses, and you got a text last week from Paul Tazori saying he was playing as well as he has. Yeah. Um, and he, he never threatened last week, so he wasn't. He's not going to be mentally stressed out by by being in contention, no. and he still managed the top twelve. You know, had a really good final round. You know, ended up two under from level par halfway through the round. 
Um, this is his course. Um, but you know, what, I, I, I don't know what you want really. I mean, I've got I've got lists of uh, strokes gained around the green, scrambling, bogey avoidance, strokes gained approaching tee to green, and I wanted sort of shows in a minimum of two, definitely three. And Webb is, um, you know, Webb's high in this. This is a surprising thing because we think Webb is just an outstanding iron player, um, whereas this year he hasn't actually been as good with his approaches as he can be. No. But he's he's making his score because he's top 10 in strokes gained around the green. He's top couple in, I think, if he's not leading in scrambling. And he's top in bogey avoidance. And all that is going to be massive here this week where, you, you know, you have to be, you have to hit the fairway on the right side. Yet, you know, these are small greens. People are going to be missing the green. Um, and I just thought that 12 last week, or yesterday, should I say, was extremely encouraging. And, you know, it's, look at, Look at his form here. I mean, you just—it is what it is, isn't it? What do you want? Um, it's very difficult to put somebody up at twelve to one, but you're getting eight places, and with DJ looking less than right at the moment, mm. whether that's enthusiasm or whether that's a technical issue, we spotted technical issues, didn't we, since Saudi? Yeah. Um, but I'd imagine he's—he's—it's—it's it's hard, and I'd make Webb Simpson absolutely clear favourite. You know, if you can have Dietrich at eight to one, then I don't think Webb should be. I'm not saying should be eight, but you know, ten to one would be about right for me. Um, and then behind him, you got Patrick Cantley, who um, again, you know, what what do you want of a player? He actually appears in uh, more lists than um, Webb does. He's in in I think he's in every list. In fact, to be honest with you, because he ends up uh, top ten at Tita Green at the moment, as well as top five in bogey avoidance, scrambling. And top ten in strokes gained around. So, wow, you know, if you want, if you want players that are in form and well, you know, that the course will suit. He's got outstanding course form. It's strong. I mean, them two against DJ, who looks out of sorts, definitely. The thing is, as well, is that like, and I'll be guilty of it, and, and many other people. People will see what Patrick Cantley done last week and just think there's something wrong with him. But you know, Augusta can do that to anyone, can't it? You know, if you get even the slightest bit off and you haven't bought your A game, uh, you're going to run up a score, and, and he did. So um, I wouldn't worry too much about it. I don't think 16 to 1 is terrible about him at this this time. I thought Morris Howell was big at 20 yeah. to 1. Um, just because well, he's just so fucking talented. Um, climbed up leaderboard last week, didn't he, or yesterday. Um so did Tyrrell Hatton. You know, all these guys are, are here now, aren't they? Paul Casey was disappointing last week, but um, makes obvious claims as well. And Matthew Pitt, Matt Fitzpatrick always tells us this is his favourite course on the PGA Tour. So if you're a, if you're a Fitzpatrick fan, then then maybe this is the time to back him with eight places at thirty to one. But uh, would you go? Would you sorry? Would you worry Morikawa about the around the green because it, it's it really is uh, an essential part of, of the. I mean. You know, Webb won he won last year was eighth stroke gained yeah. around the uh, sorry, um, yeah, strokes gained around um, CT Pan. You know, they, they've all they've all performed around the green. Um, you know, I know that he's you know he may may hit every green, in which case it doesn't matter what he does scrambling, does it? So he's got to do his putt, um, and such is his iron think, play that it may I happen. I think that's but... the thing, though, isn't it? Because he because he so often hits the greens. Mm. Though, I think. I don't really. I've seen him struggle putting. I don't really ever remember him chipping terribly. I think it's just one of those things that because he 
he very seldom has to actually get up and down. And he doesn't. His strokes going around the green is just not given a chance that's, to that's right. to uh, to elevate. But his short game is the you know both included is the weakest part of his game. So if he does miss a green, then you are there is a worry. I mean, end of the day, any of these players at this top of the market that have any sort of concerns around them, you have to you have to take it seriously, don't you? Because they're not they're not big prices. But who knows? It's uh again a bit like uh bit like Austria. I've kind of started a bit further down the field. Um what was the shortest price you went this week? Sorry, say again. What was the shortest price that you went this week, yeah? To be honest, Select. I I, th- I actually think if you want to bet Webb and Cantley and just leave the rest alone, you know, I, I couldn't argue with you. It's, it's it's very boring, but um, I mean, the next one up, I think, is Siwoo Kim, I believe, who you like yeah. as well. Yeah, yeah. Let's go. Let's, let's launch into him. He's forty-five to one, eight places. Yeah, that's uh, fair. That's fair. Ben put him up, didn't he, uh, for the Masters last week on the podcast? Um, he's doing that thing again where. You, you see Siwoo Kim as someone that's not very consistent and then all of a sudden he's been 23rd, 12th, 9th. He's won not that long ago, um, you know, back in January. So there's everything to suggest that Siwoo Kim um, is going to play well this week. He was second here, what was it, three years ago? He should have won, shouldn't he? He lost yeah. to uh, Kadari in the playoff uh, 14th before that as well. Two missed cuts the last two years, but that's just Siwoo Kim all over, I think. I think, generally speaking, he is just someone you know he's going to play certain courses well. 45-1, to 1, the way he's playing, uh, as long as he doesn't snap his putter in half and end up putting with a three-wood, I think he's a great value at 45-1. to 1. Yeah, he's got he's got players form, hasn't he? Yeah. Pete Dye, yeah. Obviously won there, tied top 10 this year. Um, yeah, he's... he's uh, as you say, second year, he's, he's got form at the Wyndham, which is a Webb Simpson course, as I like to call them. Hmm. Um, yeah, I agree. I actually think that's he's a storming bet after after an encouraging weekend. Again, wasn't particularly involved in, um, you know, a mentally draining battle down the stretch. Um, 22nd in around the green, I've got him. I mean, they might have updated after last night. This is before last night. Yeah. Um, scrambling and bogey avoidance, he's up there. Um, he's top 40 in Tita Green as well, which is fine in the context of this race, uh, in this heat. So yeah, I agree with you. I think I think 45 is is yeah. It wouldn't surprise me to see him 33. So yeah, I agree with you. It, it is a strong field really for the event. It is, but you, you just imagine that two or three of those at the top of the market are going to check out. I think uh, I don't know. I mean, Dustin Johnson is just as likely to win by six as he is to miss a cut, but you you question it. Um, Paul Casey was, you know, would I imagine he's the sort of person that when he realises people were backing him, he'd probably take that <laughs> on and think he's the God's gift and and ultimately failed, and that might just affect him. I don't know. I could be guessing. Um, Cameron Smith played well last week and, and will be up there, but they can't all... The, the, the top 10 in the betting can't all finish in the top 10, can they? It's just, it's just not going to happen. So you, there's every reason to think that that Siwoo Kim would be able to play there. And uh, I like Charlie Hoffman again. Um, that 45, 50s and 60s. You know, he's just hitting the ball so well. Like, it, it's just consistently brilliant. Um, lost out, obviously, to Spieth in uh, Texas, which I think was just going to happen. I think when you just look at it, he just 
Speed wasn't going to get beat that week. He just had his stuff. We spoke about it at the top of the show. He just he just does things, and he was he was right there, Charlie. He did he pushed him as much as he needed to. Um, he's at a second, a seventeenth, a tenth, and a seventh since February. Thirty fourth in there as well, um, and I believe he's had two top eight finishes at the golf course as well. So it's yeah, he had an eighth and a sixth back in the day, fourteenth as well. So everything to me suggests that Charlie Hoffman, if he's not too disappointed about winning in Texas, which I don't think it is experience, age, whatever you want to call it. I don't think he really cares. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I think he's a, a decent bet at 45 and 50 to 1. I know you're uh, not a massive fan of Charlie Hoffman in terms of, of backing him, because I think there is a, a win equity question mark, I suppose. But yeah, I just thought there was decent value. We can only argue on Monday morning, can't we? We can. Not before that. <laughs> what did you make of Matt Coocher? We were all over him last week, weren't we? Uh, well, do you um, know what? He, he had a terrible first round, and I'm absolutely convinced that had he made the cut, he would have gone up the board. Yeah, I am too. Um, you know, uh, yeah. I, I actually, yeah, that's, that's all I can say, really. Um, he, he just didn't play well on Thursday. It was as simple as that. He knew what he needed to do Friday. Tried it. He's absolute artist, and it didn't quite happen, did it? But I think um, that's another one, isn't it? He he found form at the right time. Everyone's expecting him to go well. He probably expects himself to go well. Um, doesn't happen. Patrick Cantley would have felt the same. Dustin Johnson would have felt yeah. the same. Do you know? Do you know? Absolutely. Do you know what? And he's got form here, and um, incredible just form like here. sorry, incredible form here. Really, he has got it? incredible form here, and and as he, you know. Just like somebody like Luke Donald, who just kept going and going and going here, um, with places everywhere. Um, it, you, you, it's it's not impossible. I did have a look at him, but he was next to Chris Kirk, also I like the look of Russell Henley. Yeah. I like the look of um, Brandon Grace. Yeah, Kisner. Who did again? This is a Kisner course. It was just really difficult. Um, what can you do? Can't back him all, can you? I but think, no I think the thing with Kucha is that that 66 to 1 is a bit of an overreaction to his miscut last week I think based on because I thought like I said last week if it was just a match play you'd just write it off as he he performed well in a format that he likes he then backed up in Texas we were really impressed by him Uh, it didn't happen in Augusta and 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 it's very easy just to write people off after one bad week and and we've seen it far too often that people miss a cut and go and win you know it just happens so so often uh so yeah, I, I'm willing to give him another chance actually at sixty-six to one. Okay, that's fair. It it, it was because there was a couple. There was Grace. There was Kevin Streelman, um around this mark, and I, and I kind of liked both of them. But I just thought Kucher's just the claims are so obvious. Um, you know, you talked about the fact that he just keeps coming uh, to the golf course. His seventh, first, fifth, ninth, second, eleventh, twenty-third, all in the last sort of twelve years, thirteen years. It's just it's like Jim Furyk plays well here all the time. Luke Donald played here all the time. I'm actually winning. Um, it, it's just a it's a repetitive golf course. Everyone, you know what you're getting here. JT Poston sixth and eighth. Patrick Cantley third, seventh, yeah, third. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it, it repeats, doesn't it? It's like it's, the like the Austrian. It just repeats, yeah, yeah. doesn't it? Yeah. There's no. I don't think there's a secret. Like I don't think you need to figure it out. Like I don't think it's massive correlating. There's Pete Dye form, obviously, but. 
you just see a player if he plays well here two or three times in a, in a run, then you know what you've got. I think you know Ian Polzer plays well here all the time. Russell Knox plays well here all the time. Um, Rory Sabatini plays well here all the time. You look at if you look at tour tips, you can just see a sea of orange and yellow over the same players. Then you get the odd person like Brant Seneca won it when he was at his pomp and has never played well here really ever since. Um, but Generally speaking, you know the people that are going to turn up here. Um, Luke Donald might not turn up this year, but we'll see. I, I think that there was enough there. The other person who, and I'll let you come back to yours in a sec, Dylan Fratelli I put up last week at the mm. Masters um, and obviously disappointed. He was eighth here last year, um, shot a 65 in round one, 62 in round four after playing himself out of it in round three with a 71. It was a, a pretty low scoring affair, wasn't it? So 71 kind of cost you everything. I thought that the hundreds one was pretty fair. I know there's a, a, a sort of top heavy market here and, and there's good reason, but I can definitely see a couple of those pulling out. Um, if they don't, then obviously the, the value's probably about right, but if, he, if they if they do pull out and he's still sat there at hundreds one, then I would uh, I would take my chances with him. You don't, you don't like your mate Kevin now this week. This is back to a, a course he's going. Well, I, I was actually tempted by him last week because his form at Augusta is pretty steady, isn't it? Um, when it shouldn't be really by everything you know about Kevin Nah. And what has he got here? Five top ten finishes. So yeah, yeah. there's everything. Yeah, and. I think it's like you, like you said earlier, you can't bat them all. Um, and if I have to watch Kevin Nahr hit a ball out of a bunker ever again, I might have a stroke. So I probably won't put the back in him. But that's probably just holding on to one bad week in Saudi. Yeah, exactly. What did you make of uh, your future Open champion, Bob McIntyre? Saying, I think? Get take the 100. I think there's some 100 still about. One firm going 100 to 1. Do you think it'll suit you? Do you think it matters? Uh, no, I don't. Um, be interesting. He did. He did. I mean, he he, he was excellent all round, wasn't he, last week? Um, we'll see what happens. I I don't know. I don't know. Um, just take that. Well, who cares? Take the hundred to one. If he comes third here, then it won't be hundred to one anymore, will it? No. I did think they went a little bit over the top about how well he was playing last week. I know he did play well. Oh, uh, it was all mates, wasn't it? It's like, couldn't make out. Could we, should we call him Robbie, Robert, Bobby, Bob? Yeah, it was always. He's just one of those people who's like, oh, yeah, Bobby, Max. So yeah, but do you know why? It's bringing you and Murray and yeah. Butch, Butch blinging Armand going, oh, it's your guy, it's your guy, it's your guy. Because yeah. they both come. I mean, it's irrelevant. You know, it's like going to America, isn't it? Hi, oh, where are you from, London? Do you know Dave? You know. <laughs> um, that's all I thought. I, I, I think. Like I say, I, I'm not necessarily a massive fan of McIntyre. Just everything about him screams to me that he'll do something at the Open. Yeah. But, you know, it might be five years' time. But like I say, you know, it's um, it's the shuffler thing, isn't it? It's, you know, but this time I'm going to be on at 100. <laughs> what do you make? There's one other name. Shane Lowry was in one I thought was quite interesting. Price is Shane Lowry. He's only 45. He's next to Kevin Nahr, which is yeah. the issue. Whereas you'd probably want Nahr, wouldn't he you? Played, over, he played a bit better than, than, than maybe it suggested. Yeah, he missed a lot of putts. Missed did. an awful lot of putts over the weekend. When you look at it, it's actually a really strong field. And I think <laughs> it's it's one of those where you could have 100 bets and still not be confident because it's just 
I think you have to fact you do have to factor in last week and and who will be present and who won't and who will be kind of just wanting to get out of there. I mean, DJ only plays there because RBC is on his sleeve, isn't it? It's not like he's, he wants to play here. So whereas Webzinson will play because it's like a fifth major to him. So it's it, it's different priorities. Sebastian Munoz. 90 to 1. There's someone that comes up in conversation so often because he just keeps turning up in different events. And I think he played all right in his debut last year and, and kind of fell away at the end, uh, if I remember correctly. Let's have a look on the uh, the tour tips. He was 28th on his debut. And he started in third place after a 65, 11th after 69 second round. So he shot 65, 69, 69, 68 wasn't low scoring enough but it's just another name i think i think when you look at the field it's it's probably too strong but yeah, yeah I, th- I think there's there's plenty of value jt poster we mentioned earlier plays yeah. incredible golf here doesn't he um and i know you've got one that you like around that price range as well what fast henley is that him? no no oh, where am i hold on i've lost myself hold on but have, but have russell henley anyway go off about him as well well I... henley as you you rightly said should suit here but doesn't seem to um, but everything about him, you know, top 10 scrambling, tied second in bogey avoidance, 10th in strokes gained uh, approach, I think. Can't read my own writing. And 23rd tee to green. So, bizarrely, everything about him suggests it. But when you look through his record, um, you're probably going to be wanting to wait for the Honda, aren't you? Mm-hmm. Um, so, he, I thought he was worth a mention, but I have gone off. I think you make a case for Kuchar at the same price that probably um, outs the claims of henley so um despite the fact he appears in four of my lists uh, one two three yeah four of my lists um i'm going to leave him alone you're talking about um who are we talking about luke luke yeah Ooh. i just realized he's not actually anywhere near the price that, no he's not that that's why i got about. very confused no that's my fault i i had him in i've got the screen in front of me and he was there but he wasn't really there so luke list yeah luke list um the real luke <laughs> that's it luke yeah, um, Luke List, why? I put him up last year for this after he'd won, um, but more about that in a minute. His first win was 2012 South Georgia Classic. I'm sure you remember from last year's conversation, Tom. Who designed that course? No idea. <laughs> DL3. There you go. Davis Love the Third, who's obviously five-time winner around this course. Yeah. Um, he won that from uh, Brian Stewart, who came up in conversation last week as well. Um <laughs> Uh, Stewart was tied fifth here. Um, obviously, he's got loads of Sony and Phoenix and, and sort of um, the right type of course, if you like, the smaller greens, the harder, the harder. But it's, it's a bizarre thing, Luke. This. I don't really get what he's good at, to be honest with you. But when he is good, like, um, you know, he's 17. Drives the ball well, doesn't he, I think, on his on his days. On his days, very good. Long and straight, isn't he? You know, he's second at the Honda in 2018 and went 16th approaches, second around the green. Fourth Teeter Green, which is going to be perfect for here if he can find that. Behind him there was tied fifth was Webb and uh, Benny Ann, who actually is a huge price this week. I know he can't putt, but he's enormous price. Um, six in the PGA in 2019. Behind him was Cantley and Kucha. Oh, sorry, Cantley was third. Sorry, he was six. Kucha was eight. So again, you know, this, uh, the same type of player. Obviously, has that standout tied third at the Players' Championship. Oh which fits in beautifully here. I said, that's a Pete Dye. Um, and he was tied third here in 2018. Siwoo Kim, who we like anyway this week, was second. He tied with Bryson. Behind him was Webb, Horschel, 
Kisner, Cantley, Streelman and Fitzpatrick, all of whom, all of whom love it, don't they? Um, So he, you know, he, he, this is the right course for him if he turns up in form. I quite liked his um, tied 17th in Texas last week. Um, His stats were fine. Um, He's obviously got the fourth in Farmers. He's got top 10 in the Amex. Um, He can, where, where, when he turns up, he can play. Um, But the other thing that, that, that put me onto him last year, as well as that win at the South Georgia Classic designed by DL3, was that his, his last win in the Corn Ferry Tour was at Sawgrass, the one of the minor Sawgrass courses, yeah. again designed by Pete Dye. So he's got a third of the players, two wins at, um, sorry, uh, a win at a DL3 course, who loved uh, Pete Dye courses, um, and he's won at the offshoot of Sawgrass, and he's got a 17th a couple of weeks ago. So he, he was the one at three figures that, that absolutely stood out for me. You are taking a chance. Um, I'm forgiving him last year because he came off the win. Um, he's had a week after that top 20 um, in difficult conditions. Um, and actually, you talk about last year, he opened with a 69 anyway, which there was nothing wrong with that. Um, perhaps he wants it slightly more difficult. Um, he wants a bit of wind and he wants, uh, you know, he wants to, you know, work a bit harder for his victory. Yeah. But at 175 to one, there was enough. Again, it's a bit like we talked about Austria. You know, if you go to sort of Van Driel and Moronk at three figures, if you pick out their best over the last two or three years, there's definite cases for them to make. I, you know, he was thought to be top class when he was a youngster. Um, he's not going to be that that sort of class now. But first eight places, 175 to one, it's it, it's fine. I'm happy with it. Yeah, no, I completely agree with all that. I think, you know, there's a lot of people that don't live up quite to what they are sort of suggested they're going to be and i just think not everyone can do that it's you know there's not there's so many people that are touted as future winners future major winners you know the odds are against so many people doing it that uh you have to take the rough with the smooth i think there's just plenty of uh people out there that just don't get to that level and, and that's fine he's gonna make a very fine career for himself and then if he picks up a win here and there especially in these sort of events and uh and so be it there's a couple of names just after him, that we spoke about Russell Knox plays well here, plays well at these sort of types of courses, doesn't he? Where he doesn't have to blast yeah. the ball. Doc Redmond yeah. showed a bit of life in Texas after a long time off uh, of, of playing well. Tom Hoagie seems to appear on the leaderboards quite often. Um, doesn't seem to be able to put four rounds together. Jim Furyk's actually. Oh, well, I listened. Okay. What, your Tom Hoagie. Yeah. I listened to your Tom Hoagie interview again. Yeah, it was very good. Sorry, Cal. He's good though, but he. He he's good. the type, isn't he? That I think, I don't think he really gets bothered in contention. I think he's he's made a mistake in contention at uh, in Hawaii, but I don't think he'd be frightened to win if he got the opportunity. Mm. I think he just sometimes doesn't quite do enough. He seems to do it all early on in the in the week, doesn't he? And then maybe fades a bit over the weekend. And I don't know if that's bottle pressure, just generally not good enough to do four rounds. I don't know. It's tough, but I think he's always a decent price, and he'll be a decent price when he wins. So, um, you've got a couple of players even further down the, uh, the board here, haven't you? Three hundred to one and, and bigger. Why? Well, you told me so at the start, yeah. anyway. I might mention it. Oh dear, hold on. Um, Scott Stallings. Oh, Joel, yeah, Scott Stallings. Yeah, now you, you know you're um, you're tilting at windmills with Stallings because you've got abs- again. Sorry, but another <laughs> another interview of ours, isn't it? Mm. Um, or of yours, should I say? Sorry. Scott Stallings. Um, 
I don't think has recovered from uh, changing his body shape quite a lot, to be honest with you. And and that is this is tilting windmills. This is a top twenty bet if there's one. But he's actually got some really impressive um, around the green stuff. So yeah. top ten in scrambling, top twelve in bogey avoidance. Uh, I think he's twenty fourth in strokes gained approach. I think as well. Um, we know what Stallings is. He can shoot 78, 78, and then hit 62. Um, they're, they're, you know, to be honest, it was just um, it was a name that came up that that came in up on three of my lists out of five, um, and therefore he was worth having a look at. Um, there is a, a there is a connection with Canada here. Um, if you want to go back, McGirt was second, uh, Piercy one in Canada. Uh, Callie, I liked for this last year actually was was fourth. Kisner's back there. So there is a connection with Canada, which um, Stallings loves. Um, it's it's not a confident selection by any means. <laughs> but again, on the pick of his form, he has the right scrambling skills. But again, it's, it's an interpretation of the scrambling, isn't it? If you're going to miss 18 greens, then you're going to get more chances to scramble, as you rightly say. If you're going to miss two greens and you don't get up and down on those, your scrambling stats are dire. Yeah. But you might you might hit 16 birdies. Um, so it's, it's an interpretation of everything. I just thought, again, for his price, the overall, and he, he pops up at any time, doesn't he? I mean, got absolutely no idea when he's going to get a top 10, and, you know, but obviously more chance of him missing the cut. But like the Sanderson, he gets tied six. Um, that's in the middle of nothing. The Barracuda, I know, is less time, but again, that's in the middle of nothing. Travelers, better competition than this, obviously, and works, to be honest. The Travelers works with. Um, with the sort of you know colonial doesn't it and and this tournament again the Webb Simpson courses um, yeah. you've got Streelman you've got Kevin Nahr there um, Stollings is obviously top 10 um, and answers there answers maybe we should have mentioned Patrick Cantley Siwoo Kim Brendan Todd just behind so it fits it fits perfect so on his day he'll do something whether he's you know to be honest last week we Connors and uh, Kucha were 170 180 on Betfair you, Connors, you were done within a couple of days. You know, you got you doubled your money at, at the 45, 50 to one, roughly, is what I put him up as. And you had your each way bet running for nothing, which you did cop. So at 300 or whatever, he's going to be stupid price on Betfair. Yeah. You know, if you can get 400 to one, you can double your money at 100. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm quite happy to put Stallings up because I just think he's got something that will turn up at some point, and it won't be. So 300, you've got. 10 years for it to happen yep i'll take the chance you mentioned around the greens i'm just i'm just having a look because i it's not something i put a massive amount of stock into because i think it's it's hard to gauge how significant it is but adam hadwin's been playing some better golf hasn't got the best course form here but has played okay in a couple of times two top 25s and is is really improving brandon hagee was first mm. in the field strokes kind of uh, around the greens last time out 17th at Valero, 2nd at Honda, where I think he was pretty impressive. 21st in American Express. You know, it's, it's hard to see such a big outsider, wouldn't it, I think, because ultimately the, the field strength is so good. Um, Webb Simpson won it last year from Answer. C.T. Pan beat Matt Kuchar. Kodaira obviously was a bit of a shock, beat Siwoo Kim. And then you've had Wesley Bryan and Luke Donald. So it... There is the odd sort of uh, surprise victor, 
but uh, I think generally speaking it goes to one of the better players and uh, we shall see I don't think there's anything else I've got to say on the heritage really I think anything else I say now may uh, may just be nonsense as opposed if, to the first if, hour if, if the rest wasn't already yeah yeah I mean yeah yeah it's uh, I, I ex- yeah Wesley Bryan you might as well put in a thousands one I bet for another go just because he likes this event yeah it's it's, it's it's interesting but I think I think ultimately it's going to go to one of those 150 players <laughs> there we go I mean that's we... worth mentioning he, did, he didn't play too bad over the weekend but you know he's not the best Mexican on tour so we won't he'll yeah. finish 10th won't he <laughs> <laughs> I, I can't say about Hideki anymore I can't say 20th so I'll just say answer 10th until he wins but I, so. I agree with you I, I agree there, there's going to be some withdrawals so so back what you want to back now yeah I mean so. if you've got anyone in 50 to 1 or shorter that you that you really like especially like we talk about Siwoo Kim hmm. you need to get them on now because I mean Cooch will shorten up to 50 rather than 66s Siwoo Kim will be 33s you know it's the time to get on is now because I can't see all of these playing I, I just DJ has to I think because of his contractual obligations I could see Cantley possibly having a week off uh, Daniel Berger hasn't been the healthiest, has he? Of late, Paul Casey, you never know what he's going to do. Tyrrell Hatton's played a lot of golf recently. I don't know if he's going to... I don't know if he's just trying to... He had a good round yesterday, didn't he? So maybe he's going to try and carry on from that. Will's got to get his card, but he's going to be... Like, what do you what do you think... Uh, just before we go, Jason, what do you think... Well, I'll well, give you the take? best bet of the week. Yeah, go on. Go on. Yeah. What, what do you think he'll... Zeller Torres should do? Because... The mindset will be, I think he just played incredibly well to get to second and did everything he could, and if it panned out, it panned out. Do you think he'll be ultimately disappointed that it was one shy, or do you just think he'll be incredibly proud of himself for how well he did play, and we'll just see this week as another opportunity to get that win that he's basically trending towards? I don't know what what, what people think, do you? It's just incredible. Mm-hmm. You know, he should be proud of the second. Yeah. But then you look at the scoreboard and you think about things. I don't know. I mean, they're, they're you know, sportsmen, top of the class sportsmen are top class because they have a different mindset to to most people. You know, we look at it and we go, oh, if I'd have done that oh, on the 10th, you know, I overhit the chip and oh, if I'd have done that on the 4th. You can't, it's 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 the, the old story that I was told that when you're looking down a fairway, if you're playing, um, and someone asks you, what do you see? You'll say, I see the bunker, 200 yards. I see the tree on the left. And a professional just says, you see that in the background? That's my line. Doesn't see the bunker. Doesn't see it. They're aiming for a point that is positive. Amateurs try not to hit the negatives. And and that's that's the difference between a top-class sportsman, I think. Yeah, I don't yeah. suppose... I mean, not the Tiger ever lost. But um, I don't suppose he goes... He went off and went, oh, if only I'd... It, it, it's... it's you you have to think positive and um, you know I, I I'm not second guessing what they think. I'm just surprised if is he playing this week because that'd have been mentally exhausting. It's just it's just got to be the fact he's got to get a card, isn't it? I think. It's, yeah, but well, he's mentally gonna... exhausting and he's going to have more um, exposure, more media, media so, press. So, yeah. You know, maybe it's worth it. And his management turn around and go, do you know what? I can get you a five million pound contract now. Um, so turn up here. You know, chuck the thing around for a couple of rounds and it'd be all right. Yeah, but I'd be amazed. RBC sponsorship. If he can come off that and win, I'll be stunned. We shall see. Let's summarise our picks, mate, because uh, 
we it's, uh, we we said it'd be a short one this week, and uh, and it hasn't been, is it? Which no, is uh, in true true fashion. So in Austria, Ashen Wu, uh, fifty to one, alongside Alex Bjork at fifty five and fifties, um, and then I kind of went a little bit rogue. Uh, in the sense of backing Ashley Chester's and Gonzalo Fernandez Castaño, as well as our friend David Horsey. Uh, so those are my selections in Austria. And, and who else have you gone for in that event, mate? Uh, yeah, I'm with you on Wu. Horsey's likely. Uh, Jacques Krusek, uh, thinking about Garrett Kigo, possibly not. Uh, Adrian Moronk and uh, Darius Van Driel. Yeah, and then over at Heritage, we both like Siwoo Kim. Uh, I like Charlie Hoffman, Matt Kuchar, I think I've kind of talked you into as well. Um, but certainly I think he's at a decent price. And then I, I just think that around sort of like the hundreds one mark, you've got a you've got Munoz, Fratelli, Hadwin all could be interesting. Um not sure quite what I want to do there, whether I want to just try and play them as a few few quid on Betfair or whatever. But uh but yeah, I think there's uh, some value to be had in that. Uh, haven't made my mind up, but it's going to be out of this lot. Uh, <laughs> Webb and Patrick Cantley, I think, are absolute standout. Um, uh, so Webb Cantley, Siwoo Kim, Cooch, I think you make a great case for. Nah, for the first time ever in my life, I quite like. Larry, I'm going to look at. These are the same price as Nah, so one of them's going to have to go. Luke List and, uh, you know, um, somehow Scott Stallings. Um, and just one more thing, Tom, if you don't mind. Oh, two more things. In the Lottie Championship on the LPGA, just quickly, I know it's on a different course, but it's still in Hawaii. Brooke Henderson won this twice in the last couple, of, uh, last three or four years. She's like top, like par four performance superstar. She's been overtaken this year by Inji Chun, the one I put up for the first major, the ANA. Um, and she's also got uh, a second behind Minji Lee and a second behind Christy Kerr in this tournament. She's 33 to one. That is 13 points over what it should be. So Inji Chun in the Lottie Championship is a definite bet for me. There you go. There's a, there's one I did not have the capacity to get to this week, um, which I'm glad you're here for because, yeah, I've just run out of steam after after a long week. Uh, but yeah, no, great bet. I like that. We, I then, mean, if you want more explanation, it's on our pod on on for the ANA. Um, about yeah. how she's come back and how she had a terrible year last year um, but she's back and um, it's huge Gabriella Ruffles is going to play well again that's mm-hmm. all I'll say I like okay. a good player um, one last point for you Jason then we'll, uh, we'll wrap it up yeah just one last point um, obviously golf is open now um, and a friend of mine Ross Virgin was a very good uh, boy junior golfer um, he's now um, a fully fledged PGA coach um, he spent seven years at Cranfield Golf Academy, and now he um, is at the Chingford Golf Range. Um, so if anybody in the East London area is looking for a golf coach, give Ross a ring. He's on SpurgeonGolf.com, um, and he's on Instagram and on, on the other social media issues. But he's absolutely brilliant. Um, you know, He hangs around with all the uh, Dale Whitnalls and Oliver Fishers and people like that, um, and he's a top geezer. So um, if you're having golf lessons and don't particularly get on with your coach or aren't seeing improvement, give Ross a call absolutely yeah and his uh, Instagram is Spurgeon underscore golf uh, is a place that you can find him see his swing videos see his uh, rubbing shoulders with the uh, golfers we just mentioned there so uh, yeah get back uh, get in touch with Ross um, and, and get some things booked up if you're local to our uh, Essex Kent borders is uh, is all I can say so uh, Jason I think that's us for the week mate 
we'll have a bit more steam next week.